cooking with gas. Cooking with gas. Cooking with gas. How are you, buddy? How's uh, how are the legs, the quads? I'm doing okay. I had the uh, the New York City Marathon two days ago, three days ago, Chip, on a Sunday, and give you a really brief recap. Been trying to get into the marathon for many years. For four years, I got denied in the lottery. Chip kept putting my name, and they kept saying, "No, Jeff, we don't want you." We I'm the same way you. with the Powerball. There you go. Then I finally get in my fifth try, and then what happens? COVID. So mm-hmm. then deferred for two years. Then I finally get in. You know what, Chip? I'm an older man, but I love running. And you know, I don't really try that hard. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. Past five months, I put every ounce of energy into really training for this thing. You were really going for it. I was. Knocked down my time. I felt great. I was running fast. I was running long, and I felt really good. I'm like, you know what? It's going to be my 26th marathon. So that's probably, it's a pretty good number for marathons, right? 26, 26, 26 for 26 miles. Yeah. Yeah. So I was very excited. Went up to New York a day early, stay with my buddy, George, who's a runner and he was running it too. Had a great time, but boy, did it get hot. And the night before I found this little, found this little twinge of pain in my quad that I never really noticed before. I'm like, whatever, wake up chip. If you go to the New York city marathon, you got to get up. We got up at five, left his apartment at 5.30. We took a subway to another subway to a ferry to get off the island of Manhattan to Staten Island. And then once we got on Staten Island, we took a half jet hour. Skis. Jet skis. <laughs> we took a half hour bus ride, finally got to the starting line. So it's three and a half hours. Wait, so it starts in Staten Island. For some reason, they want it to be in every borough, which is great. Sure. It would be the greatest marathon in the world if they just said no thank you to Staten Island. Because I'm not lying, Chip. You are in Staten Island for half a mile. You start at the bottom of the Veronzano Narrow Bridge. Mm -hmm. When it starts, you just run over the bridge and you're in Brooklyn. Yeah. So problem was. I've I've seen the Warriors, Jeff. Yeah, of course. And I dressed up as one of the Warriors. Okay, good. Like like a, a mime that plays baseball. Yeah, the baseball fury. So thing was ungodly hot. Waking up right away, it was about 85% humidity. And it was very humid the other day. Yeah, it was killer. And I got my ass kicked. Ah. I, You know, Chip, most long runs, most marathons, I enjoy part of it. Normally about mile 10, I calm my body down from 10 to 20. I'm just in a flow. No matter what, sure. turn everything off. Every single mile of this marathon hurt. Uh, it was really hard. All of my training seemed to go out the window. It just, the humidity killed me. I, uh, by like mile three, I was, I, I kept a good pace up for probably the first eight to 10 close to what my pay, I wanted to do it like an eight twenty five pace. Mm-hmm. Um, I was around eight thirty, then it just kind of slowly. And then I got two cramps in my, in my quads. I've never had a cramp in a quad before. Never. No. The quad cramp, the old, the old quad cramp kind of yeah, the, the, uh, the dual quad cramp. And it basically, you know, you need quads to run. I, I've learned that. So I've probably agree to disagree, but yes, uh, yeah, probably for the last 10 miles, I was just baby stepping and jogging uh. and it took so long, but I, and I almost said, I've never, I've never DNF'd in a race. I've never just quit, but I was in so much pain. I'm like, maybe I'll just quit. I tried. I can't really run anymore. I didn't know where I was, so I didn't know how to get home. 
sure. So I said, you know what? I'll just keep going until I literally can't go anymore. You'll love this at mile 17 or mile 18. I still wasn't, I was still baby stepping it in. I look over to my left. Who do I see? Philadelphia's premier running coach, Gerard Pescatore. Dr. Gerard Pescatore. He yells over Jeff Lyons. I walk over and I just start talking to him and I'm talking, I'm talking to his friends. I'm having a good time. He puts on a video camera and just starts interviewing me. So I gave yes. him a little interview. And, it was, uh, it was good. I saw a snippet. Yeah, it was, it was a nice interview. I tell you what, that perked me up. It got me for another couple of miles. Oh, that's great. Here's the thing though, Chip. See, I Dr. Love, Pescatore works the mind and he the does. body. He does mind and body and he really helped me love the guy. And it was like day after his birthday. So good scene. He's such a positive force in the Philadelphia running community. But then, uh, then, you know, I finished, but it took a long time. Felt like crap. Thing is, Chip, crowd support's great. Philadelphia marathon crowd support. Amazing. Just even, you know, the half marathon. It's amazing. Every block New York is amplified. It is literally crazy. Really? No one took into consideration in the Bronx that I might've had a little headache. And then like my whole body was failing. I was getting stitches in my side. They ramped up. They were playing music, dance party music the whole time. People were having fun. I wasn't, but they still were. People were screaming. I'll tell you, it was great crowd support, but Williamsburg, Brooklyn, Chip, Mm -hmm. you're literally running down the narrow main street of whatever it is, and it's just all drunk um, people at brunch, and they're just leaning over and screaming at you, thinking they're being supportive, but they're literally just being loud and drunk-like. Please quiet it down. Uh, I've been in Staten Island since 5 a.m. Yeah, that's... So it was, uh, a, it was a very long day, but I got done, Chip. Luckily, got done, and then I uh, coke in me, left my friend's place, cocaine. Walk, walked 10 city blocks to go to my car, mm-hmm. and drove two and a half hours home. Jeez. Now, now what do you think at the – was it just the heat? What what was the I've, issue with your quads? That I don't know. I I've, I've, Honestly, I don't know. I think my body just – I've never been good. I'm a decent hot runner. But when mm-hmm. it's humid, I've never run fat. Like if it's humid, I'm not going past like nine minute miles. Like I yeah. just run slow to keep it. My body, I thought I might've had COVID or something. Cause my body at like mile 20 was like was shut, was shutting really? down. Oh my it God. It was like sweating, headache. I had stitches everywhere. Quads were done. And I, I thought I was just like super sick, but, but you feel fine now besides the quads. I, a little I bit. felt when I got home. Like I still took me till this morning to go, be able to like walk downstairs and do all that stuff. Yeah. Quite correctly. But I'll tell you what, Chip, I said, never again, never doing that again. You're going to do it next I'm year. I'm going to do it again. Chip, we have mm-hmm. our guest in the waiting room right now. Wow. It's, it's you want to uh, bring him on? I would love to. This is going to be great. Here we go. I would actually love for you to do it because you're in charge of this Zoom meeting. Yeah. You, you could just, I, I can do, I, I cannot play a hand in this at all. No, you would just be pressing buttons that have actually no effect. Oh, my God. Right. Wow. Well, I thought I think, that was him. Like, it's yeah. a picture of him, but. It's a very good looking picture of Sean. Oh, he's even well, better looking on wow. video. This is amazing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. Hi, Sean. Hey, guys. Looking very handsome. It's well, good to see you. This is great to see you. We're going to give you the official Junk Miles introduction, Sean. None of this, uh, you know, just us talking and people are like, who are they talking to? Ladies and gents. <laughs> We're welcoming the very funny writer producer of the Mighty Rift Tracks and more importantly, co host of Ringheads, a very unserious podcast about Lord 
of the rings, ladies and gentlemen, Sean Thomason. Hey guys, Sean. happy to be here. Sean, where are you coming from? What, uh, what part of the country are you in? I'm coming at to you live from Los Angeles, California. Oh, it's like Ooh. you're a DJ. Very good. <laughs> really are. The sultry voice. Where in uh, Los Angeles are you? Uh, Highland Park. Okay. Uh, what, is your, yeah. what is your street address? And if you could give me the last four digits of your social. Yeah, I'm DMing you a geotag and some uh, foot, foot pics, if you'd Thank like you. those. Oh, great. Great. No, that was my, that was my next question. Chip, wasn't your fifth comedy album called Geotags and Foot Picks? It was. It was. It was more of a comedy EP. You know, a lot of comedians don't put out EPs, but I do. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, when you got Chip? a subject. Yeah. You're like, I yeah. just didn't have that much good material. Just going to be quite honest with you. I yeah. had a tight. I, I, said, I said, so what else is going on? And there was nothing else going on. So I was like, EP, baby. Just lay it down. <laughs> a tight 12. Yes. <laughs> Well, Sean, we're very excited to have you. Let me give Sean's, uh, Sean's, what do you call them? Socials, ladies and gentlemen, at Twitter, for however long Twitter lasts anymore, <laughs> yeah. you can check out The Thomason. And for the Tolkien podcast, at Ringheads, and you go to Patreon, and you can also look up Ringheads. That's pretty good. You got Ringheads. It's a very short, concise, mm -hmm. perfect title for the podcast. I I was very surprised we were able to get that because we just started the podcast, uh, Bill Corbett and I, uh, a couple of years ago. It's a pandemic madness kind of a podcast. <laughs> uh, we both went nuts and got way too into the deep stuff of Tolkien that people don't really need to know. Uh, but uh, we talked about, but yeah, and especially surprised we were able to get Ringheads because it turns out that's also the name of people who are really into Wagner's ring cycle. Oh my God. Uh, they call themselves ringheads, but apparently not Twitter active. They oh. uh, they never locked that down. I'm pretty sure people who are into Wagner like that. They have no idea what Twitter is like. They don't. They're never online. They're it's more just... truth social. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, I think you're yeah. probably right. Some more uncomfortable social media platform they might spend their time on. That's right. A good so, point. Okay. Now, by the way, if, speaking of this, I have two. Hopefully, I, I hopefully I know wonderful sources about this, gentlemen. What's your take on? What's happening in Twitter, and what 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 is that? What's going to be on the horizon these next few months? What are you guys feeling, Sean? You're up. Uh, pure optimism. Everything is making a lot of sense. Uh, there's four different ways to be verified now. Different <laughs> pricing tiers on whether you are who you say you are, mm -hmm. uh, depending on when you joined. Yeah, uh, the future yep. is certainly certainly bright. I'm kind of enjoying the chaos, though. Me too. It is. Uh, it's a change, you know. Maybe Twitter had become stagnant, and we needed a lot of stupid changes to make it interesting again. It a is pretty fun. Jolt into the relationship. I like that. Good. Yeah. Yesterday, Sean and I had a little exchange. We both, I believe, tried, to, and Sean did get on to uh, Mastodon. I tried, and basically, Chip, like Mastodon's a bunch of separate servers. Servers. I. I. By the way, you might, you and I might be in the same spot. I tried the other day. I technically have a handle, but I think I totally screwed it up. Yeah, I did. So wait, so what, what did you do, Jeff? Yeah, I went on a server. I didn't get it. Like, I thought I could just get on Mastodon social. Like, I guess mm -hmm. some people have. But if you go to that, they're like, oh, no, you can't get on this. Try another one. And it's literally like a Romanian server called like Funtown at Mastodon. <laughs> so and you're like, uh, OK, I'll, I'll go on that one. You yeah, know, and yeah. it's in Cyrillic. Mm -hmm. you sign up. And then you're like, oh, well, I'm on this one. Let me go try to fo uh, follow Sean. Boom. No, you have to sign in. And then you sign into your own server and it won't let you. Oh, oh my God. I, and then and the FBI. I, yeah. I FBI's just quit. knocking at your door because you're on the dark web. Yep. You've somehow logged into. Yeah, I didn't realize, I, I, didn't realize yeah. I was in the dark web. <laughs> all I know is all my Bitcoin are gone. 
<laughs> that's what happens. Yeah. I said I didn't know what I was doing too well. I just picked one. The server that I'm on, it's 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 just called CosbyIsInnocent.org. <laughs> and I thought Jeff, I, that's it, the it's, worst one. there wasn't much oh, traffic, no. so I figured I could get right in. Uh, no, but what I did was I tried to it was like create a screen name. So I was just Chip Chantry because that's yeah. I'm at Chip Chantry on Twitter. And it was like Chip Chantry at Mastodon or whatever. And then it's like it's like here's your screen name and it's at Chip Chantry <laughs> at Mastodon. Like there was like four ats. And I was like, I don't think this I don't this think does I did not it right. bode well for what I'm doing at all. Or for it succeeding. It looks it's like Usenet or something from yes. the, it reminds me of the earliest days of like if there's that many pieces of punctuation in the address, I don't see people using it very much. No. Yeah, picture just telling some, oh yeah, hit me up on Mastodon. What are you? At Chip Trancy slash Mastodon at Chip Trancy. <laughs> dot mastodon yeah oh good you're on that server like people having to know what server they're on is yeah is wonderful and guys yeah, i'm technically i'm technically on it but i have no i'll probably never open it again so yeah and i think i'm just being obstinate now i'm doubling down i'm like oh, i don't want to be on mastodon i just want to stay i will go down with the sinking ship of Twitter. i do want to be like i want to be that guy that does get on the ground floor somewhere like I, somewhere. I feel like you, you two I know Je Jeff especially like you kind of got on the ground floor of Twitter you were right mm -hmm. there and you did really well and like I, I was there in 09 or so but like I slowly get like I want to be the guy who's like whatever the new you know you know uh, oh uh, bing bong's gonna be the new thing and it's like oh I'm big on <laughs> bing bong where you just you know, big on know. Bing bong. <laughs> yeah I'm big on bing bong and it's and I'm the I'm the guy but you know, I figure Mastodon could be that for me. I don't know. I don't know. What's his name? The uh, the old guy who had Twitter with the beard. What's his name? Simple Jack. Jack. He has a new one coming out called Blue Sky. Okay. And if he, it's like another social network, you know, one of the bullshitty for good. You know, we're doing social sure. for good. Um, so you can sign up to um, get informed of when it's going to go live. That's okay. what you want to be on. Chip. Okay. Blue sky. You want to be at chip transfer slash blue sky, blue sky at Sean Thomason, like get yes. both. Right. Right. Yes. You know, and then you can, it's my server. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be, I, I'm also enjoying the tumult. I'm enjoying certain people freaking out people, <laughs> people today were like, Oh, today we're going to lose our uh, blue check if we're verified. And basically everyone just found out today they kept it. And if you click on it, it's just like, you're good. If you have right. it, you're good. The thing, I, I'm just glad that it's still clear whether you're paying for it or not, because I would never want anyone to think I paid a dollar for any of this. The most humiliating outcome possible. I think a Chase Mitchell on uh, Twitter today goes, thank God, like you said, it says this, because I don't want it saying the other and have people knowing that I have $8. That I, uh, that exactly. I bought it. Yeah, right. you know, you're rolling it. You don't want people to know you're rolling in it. But yeah, I'm in the, the one percent. I don't yeah. people need to know that. No. But here's the thing: it offers a couple of good things. So let's say you want to be able to upload longer videos and edit and do all that. You can get your blue check mark, and that will allow you to do that. But then you just have this fake blue check mark. And it's funny if you click on it, it just basically says, "This idiot is paying eight dollars a month." <laughs> I it's, I feel like I should have pushed for a blue check mark earlier in Twitter's thing. Could I have. Although I did say I, I am doing the one program where he said I could get a blue check mark if I sold the most wrapping paper in my homeroom. So they said then I would be entered into a raffle and then one of us will get a blue check mark. So 
And then the rest of the class gets an ice cream social. Right. There's an ice cream. There's an ice cream social, which is actually uh, Tom from MySpace's new social platform. is It's called Ice Cream Social. Oh, geez, people are going to think this is a tech podcast the way we're going. Just three really tech is. nerds, right? Eggheads, just eggheads going at it. Yes. It's a spinoff of Ringheads. It's eggheads, guys. <laughs> it's yeah. guys who just basically talk about computers and then devolve into Middle Earth talk. <laughs> All just kind of ebbs and flows. Sean, I want to, let's get to getting, guys, because here's the thing, Sean. When we ask people what movie they want to talk about, there's always a sense of excitement with Chip and I going back and forth. And then I was so excited to tell him that you picked Army of Darkness, because it is such a fun movie. Chip, Hell did yeah. you have, you did not see it before, right? I, so, Sean, I have to tell you this. this I, I had seen, I, and I consider myself a, a fairly decent Human horror being. fan. So I'm, I'm, I, I enjoy it. <laughs> um, I saw Evil Dead years ago. I saw the original. Never saw the sequel, never saw Army of Darkness. So, well, I even see, I guess we call it Evil Dead 2, the reboot or whatever that right. world is which is amazing so this past week i got to watch evil dead 2 for the first time and army army of darkness evil dead oh, is a, a fine movie it is a evil dead is a fine movie it does what it does evil dead 2 it's, it's fine it's i enjoyed it it was, was it, I, and i'm i'm not just blowing smoke here army of darkness was one of my favorite viewing experiences of the past couple of years. It's wow, such a, f I knew it was going to be fun. And I, I always wanted to see it. It blew me away of how silly and fun it was. It just like such a different level of silliness and funniness that I, it, 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 it blew me away. I huge, huge fan right off the bat. So thank you for bringing this to us. I'm so happy to hear that. And I, yeah, I watched it again yesterday. God knows how many times I've seen it, <laughs> but watching it again, I, I had a smile on my face pretty much the whole time. So yes. fun is exactly the word. Mm -hmm. It's just so silly. So Looney Tunes in an almost literal way. Yes. <laughs> the commitment to gags and uh, lack of concern about a lot of other things that some movies worry about, like character and things like that. Oh. Uh, it's just a blast. And I'm, I'm so glad you enjoyed it. And yeah. I, I don't know the entire career of Mr. Bruce Campbell. I'm, I'm aware of him, obviously. I, I, it just I, I wonder how much he's in on it or not in on it is is there a gray area there do either of you gentlemen know because he's just uh, he's just wonderful i just love everything about him no he's he's 100 he and sam the director writer sam Raimi, have been friends since high school and they are both full-on into every ounce of the movie the the horror the comedy the slapstick the let's not take ourselves serious we know our budget sucks, so we're mm. going to have things that look cheap as hell, you know? Chip, if you want to learn more. Wow. You wow. might want to look into if, Ch if Chins Could Kill, Confessions <laughs> of a B-Movie Actor, okay. Bruce Campbell, one of my favorite books, just took it off the shelf. I Sean, need to read that. I've never actually read it. It's a lot of fun. Much like the movies, Sean. It's, it's not what you'd call a tough read. It's very, very entertaining. It's not the Silmarillion by Tolkien. You're saying it's a little more accessible. <laughs> hey, 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 let's not, we're teasing that. We're going to get way into the Silmarillion uh, yeah, for, yeah. for the second part of this show. Let's not, uh, let's give everybody a brief synopsis of Army of Darkness. This is the third movie of the Evil Dead trilogy, 1992 American comedy horror film directed by, co-written and co-edited by Sam Raimi, 
and co-produced by Robert Tappert and Bruce Campbell. You see that, Chip? He's part of it. Yeah. And co-written by Ivan Ramey, I believe his brother. So it mm -hmm. stars Campbell and Beth Davids, who I love. And I remember seeing this when I was a young man. Loved her then, loved her all the movies since then. Um, it's a sequel to Evil Dead 2. Follows Ash Williams as he is trapped in the Middle Ages and battles the undead in his quest to return to the present. Beautiful thing about this movie, Sean, Chip and I love nothing more than a movie that's less than an hour and a half. Yes. It's, it's what a sweet spot. One what a hour, sweet spot. 21 minutes. It's rated R. Its budget was $12 million. Box office total. Yeah, not great, guys. 21.5. It only made 4.4 at its opening. Um, so, Sean, what we like to do is have the person set the scene. Where was young Sean Thomason when he first laid eyes on this classic? Set the scene and tell us why it was so important to you then and now. Well, I did not contribute to that meager box office. <laughs> uh, I, I was not lucky enough to see it in theater. I was about 11 when it came out. Uh, but and it wasn't that my parents wouldn't let me see R-rated movies. I just kind of had to watch them at home. Uh, I had a lot of freedom to what I could see. Like I saw Night of the Living Dead when I was six, <laughs> which was probably a mistake. Um, yes. But yeah, it was, but I remember renting it. And I remember, you know, you, the video store and the box art, the first thing, the poster for Army of Darkness. It's wonderful. I, I love it. I love it to this day. It's like an homage to the Frank Frazetta, like Boris mm -hmm. Vallejo fantasy kind of paintings that I love. Uh, of course, I didn't know any of those names when I was 11, but I was like, oh, big hero with a chainsaw. Yep. There's a late lady next to him. Looks like there's some monsters going on. I want to see this movie. And it just became one of those that I would, you know, every time my parents would take me to the video store, I'd be like, oh, can I, can we watch Army of Darkness again? And as time went on, I, uh, as I got older, I had a group of friends in high school who I found out liked it too, because, you know, this is pre-internet. It's sort yeah. of like back to me, a cult classic, and maybe it's just generational, but a cult classic means something that you didn't see it until it was at the video store or maybe on TBS. And then you saw it a bunch of times and eventually you like met other people who liked it too. And you're like, Oh, other people saw this movie. So yeah, I came into this uh, unlike you, Chip, I had not seen Evil Dead or Evil Dead 2. I didn't even know this was a sequel to anything. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. So I came into it just like, oh, this is just a movie about a really weird guy <laughs> <laughs> who's already crazy. He starts the movie having already snapped because of the events of Evil Dead 2. Right. And he's just going at it. And I think I just accepted that. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't for, it was probably not six or seven years later that I even knew about the Evil Dead movies and saw those and, you know, came to love Evil Dead 2 as well. But to me, this was good on its own. <laughs> it's just, That's it's really wild to think that you didn't know there were two other things that <laughs> came before. Right. And I think that's also the beauty of it. It's so standalone good. And you know that had to be in their minds when they were doing it. You know, a lot of people with continuity and stories and canons, serious people are probably like, well, we can't have this here unless then we have to give a little flashback so people know what's going on. Sam and Bruce are probably like, fuck it. Let's just, <laughs> let's just do this movie. We've done two real horror intense. Let's have fun. And when you said Looney Tunes, like so many moments, Sean, in that literally like just straight up Bugs Bunny moments, the thing that hit me right away, he, his bravado and his 
almost like film noir kind of way he was delivering lines and calling people, hey, screwhead, primates, calling people primates. Like he was just so angry. And just the cursing, contrasting language of, you know, the time of those was so perfect to me. And there was just one scene when all hell was breaking loose, when they were being attacked and he just goes, get the fuck out of my face. Yes. (laughs) Yep. Yes. He doesn't care. No. Yeah, there's there's the early moment too where they're gonna throw him in the pit because they think he's with the other, uh, you know, Henry, the the bad guy, yeah. English, whatever. And he says, "I don't even know these assholes." <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it amazing that the word like asshole and like fuckface can be just so when used sparingly and perfect. Mm-hmm. And just the him being, I think it was like one of my fantasies as a nerdy kid to like be dropped into medieval times. You know, of course I would have died instantly. Yeah, but right away. You, <laughs> but this is like the fun version and it's like a modern guy with a modern attitude. But also like his whole vibe is kind of, what I like about Bruce Campbell also is he kind of, and you mentioned noir in those kind of movies. He has the vibe of a throwback, like older film star, like a macho B-movie guy, while at the same time being a parody of that kind of Oh, guy. totally, yeah. Yes. And it's like all embodied in his face and his mannerisms. And uh, I just think that's part of what I mean, he basically carries this movie almost completely on his shoulders in terms. I mean, there's a lot of other great stuff happening in it, but this in Evil Dead 2, so much of it's just Bruce Campbell by himself on screen mm-hmm. and he can just do so much just by himself. Yeah. If you if you think about it, like M. Beth Davids was fine, but she wasn't a powerful character. She was a bit, right. you know, behind the scenes. His main kind of adversaries, the the two different, you know, knights or whatever, they weren't, you didn't hate them. You didn't love them. They were kind of like just doing their part, but it was like Bruce versus himself, (laughs) you know? And then Bruce was like, everybody out of my way. Let me handle this movie. His, uh, His energy in this movie is like, I was thinking about it, watching it again. It's like a Lovecraftian story where someone loses their mind, but he loses his mind in the style of Daffy Duck. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> like instead of screaming and ripping his garments and going into anguish, he's like, I can match this. Like, yes, I'll do whatever it takes, baby. Oh. <laughs> and he, uh, it's so satisfying. I think what, what sold me right away, my favorite part that just not my favorite part, but what I was totally bought in. They just have him marching through going to his, you know, they captured him. They have him in the stocks and he's walking and he's finally gets in the village and they just show this scene of little kids beating him up. <laughs> As, like just to add to the the insult they're just like young girls just pounding on him he's like come on <laughs> i was like yes and there were so many times in the movie where i just started smiling like happy like i wasn't necessarily laughing i was just like oh i love where it's just going or i love where it, where it just was and and just the effects are just so <laughs> perfect that the skeletons are it First of all, it also reminded me of one of my favorite movies from my childhood is Disney's own Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Oh, wow. Do you remember oh, wow. yes. when all of the knights, they all came to life and it was like, and that's that's what it reminded me. They fought the Nazis, I think. That's what happened in the movie. And it it just had that, that feel of it. I just loved, again, it's also a movie that I forgot that it was made in 92. And I was like, oh, this was made in 1981. Like it just has that feel, but in, in, in the best way. And I I heard somebody, I think it was Dana Gold once said, who's like a big horror fan. He was saying that like practical effects versus like computer animation where he's like, he's like, it's, it's like the practical effects look fake, but feel real. Whereas like Mm -hmm. CGI looks real, 
but feels fake. Ah, and it's like, nice. this felt, it like felt real. There was something to it. And also the one thing I loved about it, especially when it became nighttime, just the sky and the whole vibe of the set, it just, re it reminded me, it was very eerie of, do you guys remember those old Viewmasters? Remember the Viewmasters, yeah. the little red things where you look like the sure. binoculars? And it would be like scenes of like Hansel and Gretel or like dinosaurs. And I remember being a little kid being so freaked out by these crappy little sets but i thought that they were real and it really freaked me out and this is exactly it reminded me of a viewmaster set <laughs> like the ray harryhausen yes like, sculpted but like fake but yeah it feels real that's really well said like yeah you, you yeah. could reach out and touch it and when something's like goopy or bleeding you could reach out and touch it even though you know it's not real blood uh, exactly yeah. i love the uh they wouldn't when the skeletons were on the march they shot them from the waist up so they didn't have to figure out how to show their feet moving <laughs> like literally every scene they're just like there's one with like a bone flute that he's playing like a revolutionary <laughs> soldier as they march yep and he, the guy's got the drums on the skulls yeah right do you guys know what is ash's full name so i'm gonna throw in a little trivia little little goodness that i found here fun movie facts Ash Williams? Is it Williams? Yeah, it's Ashley J. Williams. Ashley oh, wow. J. Well, Ashley. It huh? never occurred to me it would be short for Ashley. Ashley. Like me neither, yeah. right? That's very, like, the, British almost. Yeah, and, like, southern guys from the 1800s. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Gone with the wind or something. Great early cameo from a great early actress, Chip. Oh, uh, Bridget Fonda. I just knew Sean would up. know that, right. And I was like, oh, my God, Bridget Fonda's in this. This is going to be a great movie, and then just disappears. You wanted more Bridget Fonda. Way more BF. Yeah, so, I was trying to remember how famous she would have been at this time. Like, was it like a favor to Sam Raimi or would it like, did people know her at this point? Or was she this pretty... was right before actually the same year that came out was singles. Was singles. I was going to say breakthrough yeah. role. This came out right before it, but she was probably on like the Hollywood radar then, you know, she literally her character in singles is one of my all-time favorite characters in any movie realistic empathetic just perfectly captures that you're in your 20s you're lost you're part of a scene and you're just looking to find your place and then kind of contrasting that which she's in love with matt dillon who's just a frigging idiot mm -hmm. like she's so perfect and you know obviously she's she's pretty she's charismatic but when I think back to like Bridget Fonda, I'm always like, we needed more Bridget Fonda where, yeah. you know, you had single white female, you had Jackie Brown, I think was her last real big role. And then she ends up marrying uh, Danny Elfman and just says goodbye, Hollywood. Oh, that's what happened. Yeah. That's Cause it. she was great. Yeah. yeah. Well, Danny Elfman, who also did uh, a song for this movie, yes. the March of the Dead theme. Huh. I wonder if they met on this. Oh my God. You know what? Sean, literally every other movie we talk about on the show, it's like, and the movie and the music was done by Danny, Danny Elfman. Like he's always <laughs> has his hand and talk about an amazing, like versatile guy who just can. Yeah. And sell a movie. I mean, this movie didn't need the help necessarily, but it's like, if you got Danny Elfman or John Williams doing the music, it's like, okay, half the work is done for you. Like the score is bringing it. Sean, the original title was medieval dead. Universal said no. They refused that. It became Evil Dead 3, Army of Darkness. Universal said with a three in the title, it might not be able to stand on its own. So they just whittled it down to Army of Darkness. What do you think? Army of Darkness or Medieval Dead? I kind of like Medieval Dead. Yeah, Medieval Dead, it seems like the kind of 
pun that the joke that, that kind of fits the been, vibe of the movie. Yes. Yeah. I I bet they thought of that title and they were like, oh, we should do the Medieval Dead. <laughs> well, <laughs> that was. <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll have Evil Dead two end with these knights, so we can set that up. Uh, yeah, I mean, army. I mean, I guess for me as a as a kid, not knowing what I was getting into, it kind of helped me that it wasn't called Evil Dead three, but Medieval Dead would have would have worked. And I'm amazed that there isn't a movie called Medieval Dead. And I'm kind of surprised that Rift Tracks hasn't done a movie called Medieval Dead by now. Yeah, it seems like that should exist. Get it. Speaking of riff tracks, did this put you on a movie like this so important to young Sean? Did this put you on the track of where you are today? Like, did you immediately like fall in love with this type of movie and be like, like, I like movies that aren't necessarily great film. I like movies that are entertaining. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think to do what I do, you have to have some fondness for B movies. <laughs> you have to, <laughs> you, you would go insane if you didn't get some joy out of things that are a little bit off or a little bit cheaper. But uh, when they're done well, they can be so fun. And this movie has like the energy of a B movie, even though it's not necessarily a B movie, it has that kind of a spirit to it where it's not taking itself too seriously. It just wants to show you cool shit and have like fun stuff happen. Uh, and I do think that, yeah, I think seeing a movie like this, you know, looking back, I didn't realize it then, but it's like the intersection of so many things that are core to my personality. <laughs> just like, people with swords, monsters, and like in a way the movie kind of riffs itself like Bruce Campbell's oh, yeah. character is kind of making fun of everything that's happening around him and not taking it seriously and so all that attitude is kind of just cooked into this thing so when you're with like the riff tracks team you guys are at a meeting you're deciding what to do does that come up often where you're like well this movie's actually kind of you know making fun of itself enough that we have to pass even though it might be good right Right. That's a fine line to walk because there are movies that uh, are B movies that are also being funny. And it's, I don't know, when usually comedies we try to avoid. Yeah. Anything, I that. Yeah. Anything that's really trying to be funny, we usually avoid. But there are cases where they're trying to be funny and they fail so spectacularly <laughs> that you it comes around and you can do it again. Or there's sort of a gray zone. Like we did um, for a live show this year, we did the return of Swamp Thing. I don't know oh, if wow. you guys have, have seen that. I've seen, I've was, seen the original. Yeah, Wes Craven did the original. Yeah. Uh, he did not do this one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it has its own charms and it's cheesy and Jim Wornoski directed it, who's kind of a B-movie guy. And it's uh, it has jokes, but they're not, they, they don't get in your way too much. Uh, <laughs> right. Like the sense of humor kind of has to fall flat in a certain way where you can come around back at it. But yeah, no, like we would never, I would never want to do Army of Darkness or even though I would enjoy spending the time with it because it's funny on its own. And when you're fighting a movie for its own laughs, you're kind of playing a losing game. Uh, that's cool. <laughs> that's really cool. No. Yeah, I look, the thing I like about if you go to the Rift Tracks website, Chip, and you're, and you're like, I wonder how many movies these guys have done. They literally have a counter that tells you it's, 489 feature films wow 432 short films 16 tv episodes i i love i don't think i've seen much of the tv episodes i've seen many of your feature films like what tv episodes have you guys done like i can't even oh yeah well we did a couple game of thrones episodes oh, okay. uh oh, nice. we did the first one and the red wedding episode um, oh. <laughs> how was fun, fun was that like something as important to people historic as like the red wedding episode where yeah no i think when uh when caitlin's throat gets slit uh kevin murphy does a big ah! 
felt like an opera note, you know, just, uh, and we all watched that show and I was into it too. So it was fun, but it was very serious. Um, but yeah, mostly movies. We haven't done as much of the TV lately. Uh, only when something, it's hard yeah. to find something that enough people are watching anymore that you can kind of expect them to want to check it out. That's um, true. Yeah, because like there's just so much. Guys, we're in, I don't know if you've heard this, but we're in the era of prestige TV. We are. It just we keeps should, going. Yeah. It just keeps going. Like everything's prestige. Basically, my problem now is I, I'm not you know, like a prestige TV guy. I just like nonsense. Anything that's remotely nonsense is on like the two streaming services I don't have. So I will never, <laughs> ever. The only thing I ever want to see and I've never seen it, is the documentary about the Dana Carvey show from the 90s that Steve Carell and they all worked on. It's great. I know, yeah. and I can't, I don't have Hulu, and I refuse to, oh, just sign up, do the free trial, and then, because I'm like, I'll forget about it, and I'm not mm -hmm. paying for another streaming service. <laughs> I've watched clips, some of the funniest clips in the history of TV were from that show, not the show itself, but the commercials for the show. Mm -hmm. So that's the only thing I, I really want on my bucket list is to see that on Hulu. So eventually, you know, maybe I'll get around. I want to get to something, guys. We're going to talk a little bit more about this movie and how much we loved it. But I don't know if you heard, there were blatant Evil Dead ripoffs of the Were Evil there. Dead. You know uh, a lot about B-movies, C-movies. I don't even know if you heard about these movies, but I did some a deep dive, and I found these movies. So I'm gonna The research on this podcast, Sean, is just, just yeah. so you know, just impeccable. Like, I hope you're not... I, I'm sure you were a little intimidated when you, you decided to join us, but the, the amount that we do is... I mean, we could have a master's degree in film just from this podcast that we do. Right. And so. it seems that all of these movies were trying to really take advantage of mm -hmm. of the title of the movie. You know what I'm saying? Like they're mm -hmm. they're trying to confuse you, Sean. So it's like, I, like I'll give you a Which description. Is, it's a, such a shame too. It's such a shame that these these movies would do this. I'll give you a description, Sean. You might be able to guess this one. This is an older one. A futon in a remote creepy cabin comes alive and devours all who dare to sleep on it. Do you know what that movie was? Uh, the Couch of the Dead? No, simply it was called Evil Bed. Oh my God. Yeah, see, of course. And that's, of course. Yeah, it's, listen, you might get some of these, you might not. Again, these are really, Chip, I got one for you. Okay, okay. A beloved daredevil demonic zombie totally eats it while trying to jump, jump the Snake River Canyon on his motorcycle while wielding a chainsaw. Would that be Evil Knievel Dead? Yeah, Evil Knievel Dead. You probably yeah. saw uh, that one. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah like, that was a. Deep issue of Fangoria, I think I remember yes. reading about mm -hmm. that. Yes. I never, yes. never got to see it. Yeah. Sean, are you from the South originally? Are you from Appalachia? Yes. Appalachia? Appalachia? App App Thank you for checking the Appalachia, as we like yes. to correct people, just because it gives us a sense of identity. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Then you might, you might know this one. This was, what? This is a weird one, guys. Stay with me on this one. Could be a long walk. The Necromicon Ex Mortis unleashes a swarm of monstrous beetles that feed on cotton buds and flowers and devastate the cotton industry in the American South. Oh, sure. That was the Bull Weevil Dead. The Bull Weevil right? Dead, of course. Bull yeah, Weevil obviously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're you're from the area. 
Yeah, no, everybody watched that growing yeah. up. That was just one of those. It was like, you know, Shawshank Redemption and Bull Evil Dead. Like, you but just now, saw it. I would assume in your child, that, that's what you watched every year at Thanksgiving, right? Is that, I feel like that's a real Thanksgiving movie. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, uh, there's another. This one's not great. I don't even, I would never want to watch this chip. Oh, boy. After Adam Duritz and his band hike into the woods and find an old demonic book, his hair comes to life, leaves his body, and immediately attacks him. Do you remember that movie? I, I believe that was the the Evil Dread. It was Evil Dreads. Evil yes. Dreads. Yeah. That sounds that was horrible. It. I yeah, I'd I would watch the first few minutes of it, but later than that, I, I fell off. Yeah. Yeah. Great great soundtrack though. Oh, uh, awesome. It was really great soundtrack. soundtrack. All right, Sean. This is a good one. Stay with me, guys. A maverick teacher uses the Notorum Demento to embolden his all-male boarding school students to become extremely annoying and also go on a murder spree. Oh boy. Uh, my captain, Oh, captain, my captain, my evil dead poet society. Yes. So yeah. Chip, yeah. You ever see how excited I get when it's, he a gets long so excited, Sean, he gets so, get so excited. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Evil dead poet society. Again, the cover of the VHS box, it literally, it's like almost like dead poet society, but they're all like zombied up and, it's- and, and he's got a chainsaw for a head. <laughs> he's yeah. standing on the desk and they're trying to get him to eat it. Yes, so, yeah, exactly. That would, yeah. that, that would actually work. Oh boy. These are going better than I thought. You guys know a lot of stuff. Um, oh, geez, Chip. Let me see this one. An almost dead hippie Cenobites, Bob Weir, Mickey Hart, and Bill Kreutzman recite a spell from an evil book and bring forth a creature more hellish than most men could ever imagine, a jam band John Mayer. <gasps> Uh, that would be the Evil Dead and Company, evil or dead the Evil company. Grateful Dead. Maybe. No, it's yeah. just Evil Dead and Company. Evil Dead and Company. Right. Yeah. This is a recent cut. Yeah, yeah, this is a recent. <laughs> yeah, more recent. Okay. Oh, looks like we're sticking with. By the music. way, that movie, that movie was not an hour and twenty. That that was at least a that three-hour was... film. Right. It's still going on. Mm. No breaks whatsoever. No breaks nope. whatsoever. Sean, are you a a, a Grateful Dead fan? Uh, not particularly. Yeah, I, I didn't think you were. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm I'm a little familiar. Some of my good friends are way into it. Uh, it's but impossible it's not. not to have friends. Mm-hmm. Like Chip is a fish guy. Chip likes some Grateful Dead. Dave Matthews guy. Like I, out of every three friends, one of them is a is yeah. a is a jam band fan. But by the way, just to put this out here, Sean, I went through a phase, and I'm not I'm not a. I don't want you to think that those are my big three. Like you just, <laughs> Jeff was like, oh, this don't guy loves EMP. That'll be like, my takeaway for Chip, yeah. I, I did go to college in the 90s, so yes. Right. And I don't dislike any of those bands anymore, but, and I was a big fan at one, at one point. Sean, but, all I want you to, if someone ever says, hey, you know Chip Chance, you'd be like, oh yeah, I met Chip, good guy. He's really into jam bands. Yeah, it's like all yeah, he really talks about. Bands. Chip, weren't you known as the jam band comedian? I was the jam band comedian. I would just, my jokes would just go on and on, <laughs> and it was just... Yeah. I, my, my first my, my my first album was actually called uh widespread manic wow so, uh, nice <laughs> he just did a, a, a tight three hours yeah. <laughs> you would perform with your back to the audience yeah yes i do I, it's yeah i look one of my favorite bands who i've seen several times is ween so i have no uh, room to judge sure to okay judge, yeah nothing wrong anybody. with that yeah yep. yeah yeah I got a I, cho- I have a chocolate and cheese and pure guava, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm admiring yeah. your collection. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's it's very it's very 90s and it just I can't. Oh wow. Get, it goes get up and up. Yeah. What mo- all right, here's a good trivia question for you. 
Ween appeared in a movie uh, yeah. back in it, the in the nineties or yeah, late nineties. I think mm-hmm. late nineties. Yeah, it looks like Sean knows this. One of the most respected SNL films, I think. Uh, it's Pat. Yes. It is Pat. Oh, so it is Pat. Yes. It's Pat. That's so great. I was a late night just trying to fall asleep. And all I do, I, I always tell my wife, I'm looking for something interesting, but not that interesting. That will help <laughs> just go down. So it was like, I don't even know how I got to the point where it's Pat. And then I'm just looking and literally at the bottom of everyone in the movie, it's like key grip gaffer oh and gene and dean ween <laughs> i'm like what this technically appearing in this film yeah um, they're uh they're big by us i mean they're from i'm we live yeah. in philly they're from mm-hmm. new hope right. so they're known as uh you know we don't have a lot of stars sean so yeah. we will take whoever we can get <laughs> they're the, the bruce uh, springsteen of <laughs> they, they pretty much are a freedom of 76 uh on chocolate and cheese which chip just mentioned is a big philly song Yeah, yeah, great Philly song. Yeah, it's a good album cover too, right? Just yeah, makes a lot of sense with chocolate and cheese, doesn't it? Sure, perfect. Sure, very easy to buy with your parents at the mall when you're 13. (laughs) Can can, Uh, can I buy this? Is that porn? Oh, guys, another uh, another ripoff. Here we go, Sean. In this reimagined second sequel, Ash gets transported to the 1970s New York City to battle an undead fan club a popular face-painted hard rock band who rock and roll all night and party. Well, you know. the uh, Would that be the Kiss Army of Darkness? Yes. <laughs> you guys are amazing. I'm so proud of you guys. That, well, these are great you, films. You took, I, didn't, I didn't bite on that one, Sean. I was not thinking Army of Darkness. I was just I, he, outside the box, buddy. And that's, I wanted to get a joke in, in here. I wanted to get a joke in about all of gene simmons merchandising with the kiss coffin and all that but it it was already a long walk i didn't mm-hmm. want to make it you know a sure half marathon of a walk chip this is a good one we're, we're staying with music in this reimagined second sequel much like the one i just talked about ash gets transported to new jersey in 1978 where he must battle a major boss to flee the badlands and get back to his promised land Oh, is that Army of Darkness at the Edge of Town? Wow. <laughs> Army of Darkness on the Edge of Town. That one. Oh man. That took that took some that took some years off the off the life right there. That you want to hear how, on that. You want to yeah. hear how old and like just dead brain dead I am. When I have to listen back to this and edit, I literally forget half of these. So when I'm when you're saying it, I'm like, oh. Like I'm doing what you guys are doing and I'm like, you're putting it together. And that's when I know whether they were good or really a stretch because I'm so old and feeble minded. I've already forgotten what they are. Here's where I'm at in my life. One of the first things I do in the morning is I open my laptop and I play Wordle and a couple of the Wordle adjacent, you know, Movietle and all those. Mm -hmm. And um, about midday, I'll pick up my phone, separate device go on Wordle again and play it again because I have no idea what it was four hours it's ago. All, it's all new to you all over again. It's it's a brand it's a brand new adventure. John, what do you do as you're getting like you're still a young, vibrant young man. And what do you do to keep like like I said, I'm old. So I literally the only thing I do to keep my brain moving is where I play my mother-in-law with words with friends. Like that's ah. my that's my thing. Do you do anything every day? Do you do word power? Do you do like Sudoku or, you know, 
Man, I really should. Uh, I do do <laughs> I do Wordle every day. I think I just keep drinking more and more coffee every day, like mm-hmm. to keep my brain like I'm outrunning my own senility. Uh, just sure. To try to like if I go fast enough, then I'll never realize how much I'm forgetting. <laughs> just just <laughs> and never then, stop. Just never. And as a result, there's a huge hole in my stomach. But uh, you know, I'm I'm just it's one yeah. problem or another. Now, Je- right. and Jeff, you said that you keep limber uh, in your brain, but you. W- what do you do? You play words, words with friends. friends. Yeah. With who? Well, my mother-in-law, Nan. I do the same exact thing with mine, uh, except it's a uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Is what we do. <laughs> wow. So yeah, yeah. Three times, th- thrice a week, we have a match, and yeah. I'm proud of you, Chip. Mm. Um, let's see. Oh, we have only a couple more. Thank goodness. You guys into Hollywood gossip? Hot gossip? Absolutely. Right, Absolutely. This, is, this is a more recent one, Sean. We're told by the Necromicon, this great grandson of a prominent oil tycoon will become a Hollywood actor and star. And for some odd reason, a cannibal. I know it sounds crazy, but it's true. Oh, gosh, uh, I was really floundering there, but I'm thinking this might be Army Hammer of Darkness. Oh, fantastic. All right. Right. Army Hammer of Darkness. <laughs> Who would have guessed cannibalism wound up being the... Uh, the- <laughs> Yeah. The, the top bullet point for him to make sure you know who he is yeah and it and it kind of fit with the movie like they're like hey we need an actor who really knows about who are we gonna find who knows about cannibalism or, yeah. or zombie type stuff he's like crazy but uh check my check my text to ex-girlfriends <laughs> i'm a real weirdo all right chip i'm gonna have to give this one to sean too because this okay. was custom crafted for okay. a ring for a ring head okay sure Whew. absolutely oh chip, hey all i'm right. not saying you're not a ring head Oh, boy. And again, this is such a long walk. Oh, good Lord. Okay, Sean. In this third sequel, Bilbo, Ash, some dwarves, and some other Middle Earthers are forced to engage in a war against an array of deadites and keep the lonely mountain from falling into the hands of a rising darkness. Oh, boy. Uh, Could that be of the classic Hobbit trilogy, The Hobbit? Battle of the Five Armies of Darkness. Oh my God! It just... <laughs> that is uh, I could die right now. My that life's purpose amazing. has been that fulfilled. Is just... Here's the thing, Sean. You got oh, it, which is amazing, needle. and we're very proud of you. But if you didn't get it, we might uh, you might have to end the podcast of Ringheads because you failed in a quest. But you've right. you shown brightly. But in another way, you might have respected me more for not getting it, Ooh. for not being such a nerd that I uh, actually That's know true. the names of we the were, Hobbit We respect you as a guy, but not as a fellow ringhead. Like picture That's going fair. back to your co-host, Bill Corbett, and saying, yeah, I, I missed I missed a question. So I'm sorry. He'd find a new guy. He'd find a new guy immediately. I'd be out the door. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> How fun is it doing a podcast solely based on a... What do you call it? A franchise? A what do you you and Hollywood, Sean? An IP? Is that what they call it? Intellectual property? Yes, lipstick city types out here just call it an IP. Uh, no, I'm a I'm such a nerd. I would call it the legendarium. So uh, the, the Tolkien legendarium encompasses decades of work. Uh, when did you first yeah. get into the whole Lord's? Is is it a typical story of a young Sean? middle school, high school, just devouring the books or was it something different? Uh, yeah, it started with books. I think my dad had a great library and still does of fantasy and science fiction, like pulp novels of all different types from the 60s on forward. And I definitely didn't start with Lord of the Rings because 
it was pretty boring uh, when I was young reading it. It's like, oh, another description of a hillside. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's a, oh, there's a poem. Okay. <laughs> uh, give me the books oh, where there's... they're... Oh, I, I love I, I love these uh <laughs> but yeah then as i got older i started hanging out with some slightly older uh comic shop nerds and they were always talking about tolkien and how no that's the real stuff that's what you you got to level up and know who aragorn is uh if you really want to hang with us and that's really what led to me reading it and over the years but i i w- was never as deeply into it as i became as a result of the pandemic um just being trapped inside with what books i had and I had never actually read the Silmarillion. I owned it, um, mm-hmm. which is for people who don't know, it's like the textbook of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it's like if you ever wanted to read a history book about a bunch of shit that never happened, <laughs> that's what that's what the Silmarillion is like. But I was so trapped that I finally read it and then Bill did too. And that's what led to us going way too deep into uh, all of that nonsense. That's all. But the thing, like, you know, starting a podcast about that, you had to know, like, Oh, we already have an audience. There's already people who are going to just be like, oh, thank you guys. I need this. As opposed to like, you know, a lot of people start out podcasts and you're just like, this is really niche. I don't think we're going to get a lot of people into it. Whereas you, you're like, there's an audience. Come over. Come here. Right. Everybody saw those movies pretty much. And uh, yeah. And it's like, you know, there are a lot of great serious podcasts about Lord of the Rings. There's a lot of podcasts that would hate ours uh, very much. <laughs> the Tolkien professor is one guy in particular. Uh, but yeah, it's like, uh, we're not so, we're not so serious about it, obviously. So thank you. Chip, Lord of the Rings, where do you fall? What do you, how, how would you consider yourself uh, on a scale of one to five rings? I'd have to say I, because I, 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 I would feel embarrassed if you tried to uh, quiz me on it. No, I we're knew, not. I know. I know very little. I've seen parts of the movies. I, I've never read the books. And I have to say, I Sean, you must have felt pretty, you must have been very lucky like to be, at the beginning of the pandemic to be locked in with all that amazing literature. Uh, when my wife and I were locked in, the only book we had on uh, our premises was Baby Don't Hurt Me, Stories and Scars from Saturday Night Live by Chris Kattan. So uh, <laughs> we just had to read that over and over and over again. So uh, not, not exactly Tolkien-esque. So when is Catan heads launching? I, oh my I really god! It's <laughs> well, it's yeah, Catan. We're uh, we're actually we're actually uh, calling ourselves the Mango Boys. So you oh guys can god. check out Mango Boys uh, coming out on uh, Spotify uh, next month. You know what I, I do love? Everybody who was in a TV show that was famous for a while, they may not be the stars, the co-stars, are literally just doing podcasts about their shows. And I think it started pretty much with like. The two actors from The Office, Angela and um, and Pam, Pam, yeah, right. which is you know very good deep dive. And then I was just like listening to an interview with um, what's his name from The Sopranos, Michael. Is it his oh, name, Mike? Imperioli. Not, yeah, Michael Imperioli. Where you know he's he's a very interesting guy. He's in a band. He likes cool indie music. He's in the stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he's got a whole career outside of like the Sopranos where there's other people who are basically still doing like Soprano convention. Then at the end of the interview, he's like, well, I also have a successful podcast where me and the other guy from Sopranos basically just talk Sopranos. I believe it's literally called like talking Sopranos with <laughs> Michael Imperioni and like big pussy or whoever else was in the show, but you'd be hard pressed. Like the guys from um, parks and rec, like one of the writers. And I think one of the guys, do a show like name a show you loved from the past like 
you know, 10, 20 years, there's two people doing a podcast about mm-hmm. it. <laughs> right. Who are right. like minor characters on the show, maybe, but like they're, it's their pod. Well, it's funny you mentioned that, not to keep bringing up Lord of the Rings, but around the time we were launching Ringheads, two of the Hobbits, no! two of the guys who play uh, uh, Billy Boyd yeah. and Dom, yeah, they started their own thing. And I was like, well, we're sunk. Nobody's going to want to listen to us so they can listen to the actual Hobbits. That phenomenon you're talking about is spreading to movies as well. Which I think is pretty cool because I mean, yeah. if you're into something like, you know, I think we were all into the office for a while and I listened to that. It got a bit much after a while, but it is fun. I mean, mm-hmm. and it, yeah. it was during, you know, the pandemic where you're just like, I will take any bit. I finished the Catan book right away. Chip, yep. So I didn't have yeah. a lot. I didn't have a lot going Content, on. Content, baby. Yeah. And you're not going to get those stories anywhere else, but from the people who are actually there. So it is right. cool. Yeah. Um, Chip, I'm looking at our big board. You did some research also. It wasn't just me doing research on this um, movie. The thing that struck me about Army of Darkness and the other movies, but especially Army of Darkness, is all of Ash's amazing quotes. We we touched on it at the beginning. Uh, let me just run down some of them that uh, I mean, of course, just groovy is, you know, comes comes in and out, and which is great. Um, uh, just so, so some of some of his lines. Um, one of my favorites, you ain't you ain't uh, you ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit and Jack left town. Nice. Yeah. I, I just if I if I could get that tattooed on my lower back right now, I, I, I would. Yep. Um, uh, Yoshi, bitch, let's go. Mm-hmm. One of my mm-hmm. favorites. Uh, come get some. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me some sugar, baby. Of course, and then it comes back with evil. Ash says that too. Um, honey, you got real ugly, which is just a great one. And then, of course, Arthur uh, says. By the way, it's Arthur and Ash. Did we notice that? Is that intentional, Ooh. Arthur Ash? Yeah. Oh, I, wow. I don't know. I don't wow. know if they know that. they decided to do that. Um, um, are all men from the future loudmouth bra- uh, braggarts? And he says, "Nope, just me, baby. Just me. <laughs> just throwing in baby is is yeah, like, baby." Yeah, and then of course, buckle up, bonehead, because you're going for a ride. <laughs> oh yeah, bonehead is another screwhead, yeah. bonehead, screwhead, yeah. yeah, mate. Yep. Oh yeah, I, we used to quote some of those a lot in high school, especially the "All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up." Uh, this screw, is my screwhead. Where does screwhead come from? That's wonderful. I don't know. It's yeah, just, so... it's just it's great. Uh, I I actually did real deep research, and so I there's fa- more than these that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In the original script. Oh, the original script. That got cut for time. So you'll see some of them in deleted scenes. Some of them just didn't make it off the script, uh, didn't make it on. Uh, But so these were some of the other ones that he um, he was going to use. Leave a message after the beatdown. Whoa. Remember, this is 1992. They still had. Oh, they answer. Okay. Answering machines. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Also, remember 1992. Uh, You're going to win this battle. Not. (laughs) See, that, that, that would kill. That yeah, would have been yeah, a real yeah. good one. Um, there's no I coming just, back from that. Yeah. No, you're, yeah, there's, there's no, you know, no, no you, you can't, you can't come back. Um, uh, h- how about this one? Uh, bring daddy the pork chops. <laughs> I don't even know what that <laughs> is in reference to, but he, he apparently said it. Um, uh, hay is for horses, swords are for ghouls. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I thought that was it. Um, uh, here, here's what he just. It makes me feel romantic. I don't even know. Again, I don't know in what context. Maybe at one point, he was just feeling honest. He was honest about his emotions, and he just wanted to get out there. Yeah. Um. Two more. Uh. Two more, real quick. He was also going to say, "Uh, where's the beef, battle bitch?" <laughs> was that a tie-in to anything, or is that just? Uh... 
Uh, no, he actually just he actually looked at the camera and just said that at the end, kind of like in Ferris Bueller when during the credits, he just kind of walks out and just says again, that to the Jim, audience. What was that again? That was uh, where's the beef battle, bitch? <laughs> yeah, maybe Chip. I'm just throwing this out there. Yeah, a, a line of Junk Miles T-shirts. I where's, I mean, where's the beef battle? Bitch? Uh, Sean, uh, Sean, Sean, I, I don't know your uh, if, if you're vegan, vegetarian, anything like that. I actually personally don't eat red meat or pork. Uh, but I w- Christmas is coming up. If you want to buy a T-shirt that says uh, "Bring Daddy the Pork Chops," uh, please. Yes. I would. I'd be more than willing to sell them to you at cost. Oh, we- thank you. Yeah, I'll take yeah. a Gildan, a soft spun, uh, <laughs> probably a large by the holidays. Okay. It'll okay. Great. Great. Okay. Just being honest with himself. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and maybe it- like Clara Peller as uh, like a zombie woman, right? Sure. For the the beef. Yeah. yeah I, I I think it'd be great. I oh, think it'd wow. be great. Uh, that, but, sorry, is that the name of the woman from the Wendy's commercial, Clara yes, Peller? Yes, of course it is. Uh, of course. I had to. Do, I did some context clues too. You and I were both like, we're walking out. I was like, wait, is that the the actress? That's yes. not, not the actress, Clara Peller. Guys, rest in peace. No longer with yeah. us. Yeah. All right. Uh, one of the greats. Right, one of the greats. So I think yeah, some of these could be great. Um, uh, these should be great T-shirts. And then finally, uh, the one that he said was uh, that he didn't actually get in the movie was one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready. Suck it, Skeletor. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, do you, and going back to what we said, what we were talking about earlier, when you were talking about riff tracks, I I do these ridiculous uh, little deep dives uh, at each, most episodes. And yeah, I like having fun with it. I can write these. It, this was the most difficult one to do just you, the fact that the original ones are so, so funny good. it's right. there's no there's nowhere to go there's no room <laughs> to go so it, this is the i think the originals are so much more suck it skeletor belongs in the lexicon i think you, you okay, rose to right. the level thank you, you thank you it. yeah okay, chip here's you. something you have to do though because you you put these together you have to use one of those catchphrases in your next act okay and you can't be you have to be like real straightforward, real straightforward. Yeah. Like you yep. end a joke. That's yep. the button on one of your jokes. Yep. And you look to the crowd and you wait for it. You know what I yep. mean? I was, I'm talking like, so I was talking to my dog, Franklin. He was on that. I was like, bring daddy, the pork chops, bring daddy, the pork chops. <laughs> and then I just keep doing, bring daddy, the pork chops, bring daddy, the pork chops. And then that's when I reach for the stool, pick up the t-shirt and be like, by the way, <laughs> see me after the show. I'm going to be selling these t-shirts that, that say bring daddy, the pork chops. Did you guys see Army of Darkness? Uh, Do I need to explain (laughs) this? Uh, I guess nobody's seen the Army of Darkness deleted scenes, have they? Okay. (laughs) Yep, they were great. Wow. Yes. I love, I love that you got your hands on the original draft somehow. I, of, this is what we do. It's, it's deep. It's everything's, deep on the, everything's on the internet. You went on LimeWire yeah, and you saw it was a doc, yes. right? And just, yeah. This, this is like an MFA in film. Like all of your listeners are coming out of this with a degree. I get it now. Yes. Sean, we have, yeah, we have, to, we I do. have to tell you, like where I was saying, you know, you came up with the idea for a podcast where you have a built in audience, you and Bill. Chip and I, six, seven years ago, we're like, what is a podcast that would have absolutely no audience? This <laughs> podcast we did originally started out. This is really silly. I tweeted like, hey, my new um, running podcast isn't going great. The main problem is we record it while we run <laughs> as a joke. Um Literally a half hour later, I get a text from Chip. Hey, you want to do that? I'm like, what? <laughs> I was a runner. Chip was a runner. He's like, you want to just run around and record a podcast? I'm like, it could be, could be great. 
<laughs> so like, that's what we started doing. That's why it's called junk miles, blah, blah, blah. So we realized the hardest thing to do is find guests. Most of our guests are comedians. And as Chip pointed out, Jeff, not a lot of comedians are runners. <laughs> most, that Venn most diagram comedians, is very Most comedians small. aren't runners, athletic, would nope. rather be drinking. Yep. Would yeah, smoking. a lot of, not even walkers a lot. Just no. more, more sitters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> comedians in cars getting coffee but yeah. uh you're making them move yeah. we mm -hmm. literally would be running around this river in philadelphia on kelly drive we would have a phone i'd be in the middle and i'd have a microphone coming out of it chip would be on one side our guests would be on the other and we'd run like five six miles and while we're running we're just talking and that's amazing sometimes it came out great other times all you heard was like the sound of crunching leaves Mm -hmm. <laughs> underneath like the ambient noise was like deafening yeah our, yeah. our autumn episodes never great <laughs> <laughs> so hard to carry a yeti around but no you think you guys were <laughs> onto something and you were ahead of the curve because i was just watching some news yesterday the election coverage and there's there was a reporter on abc news who had been doing a series where she went and ran with different candidates oh. and tried to interview them while they were so they totally stole your bit yes wow yeah yes Jeez. About the boring election, like who yeah, cares? boring election. We were just yeah. talking about boring other stuff, but uh. that's that's why, and and we say it every episode, so we might as well say it now. That's why, Sean, the media is lamestream, and that's Whoa, that hey, is our. Hey. I didn't know this was that kind of. Oh, oh no. it is. Oh, it is. Let <laughs> me tell you the real truth about these people who stole the election last night. Guys, in the movie, the the infamous words from the the Chromicon that Ash can't seem to get right, Sean, they are. Kalatu Barada Nikto. Now, were you excited when you later learned on later learned that that the this expression was a famous expression from one of the greatest movies that anyone could riff of all time? Like, where were you when you realized? Yeah, it must have been college before I found it. It must have been 10 years before I knew that came from something. Uh, the day the earth stood still. Yes. And uh, I was like, oh, wait. Oh, they, they stole this from uh, Ash. Ash <laughs> they, These black and white jerks are uh, thieves. Uh, yeah. No, it's, a, it's such a little like inside cult movie, B movie tidbit for the fans. And that is a really great movie. Like, I think, totally. did, did the original Mystery Science Theater do that one? No, they never no. did. I actually went back and checked after watching this movie yesterday, so yeah. it's funny you ask. They did one called The Day the Earth Froze, which was... <laughs> of course uh, they did. <laughs> yeah, which was a Scandinavian film, and actually one of the first Mystery Science Theater episodes I ever saw. And they did uh, This Island Earth. That was the movie, oh, the okay. MST3K movie. But no, they never they never did, because I think it is considered... I mean, you know, it's a, it's a classic. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's not, it's not maybe riffable. If you, well, you're like, I might take the challenge. You know, I'd do it if it was assigned to me. <laughs> there you go. Um, what's the process like when you guys, you like to decide on a movie or you have an idea for a movie, you just pitch it and you're like, hey guys, what about this? Like, how do you guys decide? There's been different ways over the years. And sometimes it is like one of us seeing something or finding something. And then, you know, you can't always do them because you have to be able to get the rights. Oh, um, wow. And there's all those issues. Uh Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But these days, uh, Kevin Murphy, who was Tom Servo on MST3K, Wonderful Man, uh, he does a lot of, God bless him, he does a lot of the screening. So he'll he'll watch a stack of movies and then be like, hey guys, here's three that might work. 
let's look at them together on zoom or something and, and see how we feel. And, you know, it's, it's a process. Um, but stunningly, like you said, hundreds of movies there, we keep finding more. <laughs> so that's never, there's never a dearth. You're never like, all right, guys, anybody have any, there's always just, you know, there's ebbs and tides, I guess, but like, there's that's... always more There's You just have to keep looking. Uh, and it's, <laughs> There's so many people who've made so many movies that it's like, it's just like, you know, as music fans, you know, this feeling like you guys obviously know a lot about music, have listened to a ton of music, but there's still always more. There's more. Yes. Uh, the band that you hadn't found yet, or you knew the name, but you never listened to them or the album you didn't know about. And that's what's, I don't know. That, that's what I love about all this pop culture nonsense that we obviously obsess about is there's always like a deeper layer. There's always more to find. Has there been a movie that you really wanted to do and just couldn't get the rights to it? Like, oh man, well, we'd love to do well, this is kind of a different animal, but we'd love to do the movie Twilight in theaters, uh, oh. <laughs> just because that was a very popular uh, online release for us and it's kind of part of our, our deal. Um, now that's a good question. The scene, uh, the yeah. Twilight scene, that's still the dumbest movie scene of all time, like the fake excitement for it is vampires could only play baseball during a thunderstorm yes chip does that make any sense to you what i just said i hope not i none none whatsoever <laughs> well vampires in baseball already makes sense sure yeah. right i the mean thing... werewolves in basketball i know all about werewolves in basketball oh, so good point yeah yeah i never um, made that connection just mm -hmm. to, to give you the, the quickest synopsis and you know i'm not good at doing that uh Vampires love to play baseball, but they can only do it during a thunderstorm because they hit the ball so loudly. The crack of the bat is so ferocious and loud. It has to be masked by the sounds of like thunder. Oh, no. And you might have foolishly assumed it was the daylight that was a problem for them. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Not these guys. They they just sparkle in the sun. See, that's so. Uh, I I would I would love for you guys just to sit around and and do that movie. That would be that would be quite wonderful. Like why why thunderstorms? Like why can't he just have one of his vampire buddies with a boombox and he just like plays Who Let the Dogs Out real loud like as he's at bat? Like that's would be. It would be really. I think Chip. Here's some, here's another. Just as just me, not a screenwriter, not a director, just a guy with some good not ideas. Yet. Right. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But this is a great tidbit, Sean, you might know this. During post-production, it was determined that uh, they needed to do reshoots, like they, they just didn't have enough. Universal refused to cough up any more money until uh, Dino De Laurentiis, who was the producer, he had to release the character rights for Hannibal Lecter, which he owned, in order for the studio to move forward with a sequel to their smash hit, Silence of the Lambs. So they had to... Dino De Laurentiis was producer and they're like, we'll give you more money to finish this, but you have to give us your rights to Hannibal Lecter because Silence of the Lambs is such a hit and they wanted to make more money off it. And he's like, fuck, all right. Wow. Wow. Isn't that cool? What a trade. What a what trade. A trade. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. I love that. And yeah, because that Silence of the Lambs came out like a year before this. Yep. Probably. Yep. Wow. I took, this is to show you guys, I'm a little bit older than you. I took a date to Silence of the Lambs. And it was not great. <laughs> you, did you I, know what you were getting? I mean, this is how, not, but and this is, I also rented two years before a date to the accused. Oh, no. I had no oh, idea no. what it was about. And it was the most uncomfortable. Oh, that's, yeah. Horrendous. That's, I mean, just like, 
that you might know, be the worst date movie the, ever. The two, the two, just really yeah. bad date. And you know, guys, it, I wasn't a real, you know, uh, what do you call it? Romeo back then. So, you know, it was hard for me to figure out these things. Luckily, I mean, at now least you I had know. dates. So this movie, as we were talking, hour, 21 minutes, pretty great, right? But mm-hmm. just run, yes. how many different director's cuts are there to this movie? How many endings? Oh, gosh. I think uh, man, there's at least three. Yeah, I think it's three or four. Three? Yeah. And it's funny, if you read, there's like literally, they film, Chip, three or four different endings. And depending what country you were in and rented it, they had like, England had a different ending to the movie the longest cut there's a 96 minute cut which is you know obviously about 15 minutes longer one ending i don't think we're going to ruin the movie we could do a spoiler here guys if you haven't watched it yet don't listen to this right now but obviously i thought the ending was really great yes Mm -hmm. i I love that he got back where he needed to go but not all was right Mm -hmm. right Right. like maybe something went a little wrong he didn't say the phrase correctly Mm -hmm. But in different versions, like he didn't get sent back to uh, his time. He got sent back one ep- one the original episode, the original ending of episodes. He got sent to a post apocalyptic hell, and he just screamed, and that was the end of the movie. Yes, <laughs> that was their original idea for the ending. Like Sam and Bruce wanted that ending, which is pretty cool. And yeah, and you can actually watch that ending on YouTube, I discovered. That oh, if you want to just wow. look up alternate ending, they shot it. They shot the whole thing. I had actually not seen that ending before, but that was the original one they wanted. And I mean, I, I actually do prefer the ending that they went with, uh, like you said. Yeah, yeah. But, but that ending, I can see how it was in keeping with the previous movies, because Evil Dead 2 yeah. winds up, you know, he think he's won, and then no, he gets sucked into the vortex. Spoilers, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, forever. <laughs> he gets sucked into the vortex, and he wakes up in medieval times. And so they were like, he, it just can't end happy. It has to, he has to end up screaming and miserable uh, yeah. in, their, in their version of it. The thing that made me a little bit sad was, I think we talked about this on one episode. I can't remember which one it was, Chip. Oh, I think it was the end of like maybe Rad, the movie we saw, where it ends on almost like a cliffhanger where like now when we do the sequel, because this one's going to be such a this hit. This is what's going to happen. We have, a, we have a jumping off point. And like, yes. obviously for this, they're just like, yeah, the demons are back, but he's going to fight them in his time. And you're mm-hmm. like, no, he's really not. Nope, nope, not at all. That's the end of it. <laughs> now, shop smart, shop S-smart. Oh, so great. I love like that. He was he was a pretty proud S-smart employee. You know what I he mean? He really like, was. Which I think is really cool because a lot of times they show people at, you know, just normal jobs, like who are just like, I can't believe I got to do this. I want to be this. He just seemed like a guy who was into his job and which I thought was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. He has the same passion for working at S-Mart as he does for <laughs> fighting the dead. He's like, Ash, housewares. <laughs> housewares. Yes. Sean, the idea of fake shimps. Fake shimps mm. was Sam Raimi's thing. And in the movie, there's a bunch of fake shimps. And if you look at the listing of actors, a lot of people are billed as fake shimps. Chip, do you know what that means? Fake shimps. No. What, what, what does that mean? Show, uh, Sean, any idea? Uh, well, I, Shemp was one of the Three Stooges. One of the Three Stooges, so is that, okay. And obviously, when you watch this movie, Sam Raby obviously loved the Three Stooges. I mean, they're straight on Three Stooges. Yep, absolutely, here. yeah. And that's, so are the, yeah. So that basically, like, his love of, one of the things Sam Raby always loved about the Three Stooges was the original Shemp quit. So they bring in Curly, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. 
he dies. They bring Shemp back. Shemp dies. And then what they did was they're like, we still got to finish these episodes, movies, whatever. So they would bring in actors shot. So you couldn't tell who the actors were. And they was, they're supposed to be Shemp. So it was like, hey, there goes Shemp out the door. And it's like the back of a guy and he's kind of walking. <laughs> oh, they man. only show like Shemp's hands in certain scenes. They're like, okay. hey, Shemp, have something to eat. And he's like, <laughs> oh, so it's like God. the the <laughs> cheap way for like, you know, back then kind of like Ed Wood style of movie making. You're like, hey, the actor's dead. We got to shut production down. No, we don't. Get someone who <laughs> kind of looks like him. Wow. And that, that whole idea of like the fake Shemp, the way he used it was like, when Bruce Campbell played another actor, they disguised him so much that you can't tell that, you know, it him. that it's him. Okay. Wow. wow. I didn't know the Shemps died. I didn't know it was like spinal tap drummers that. Oh uh, yeah. There was, <laughs> there was quite a, I think there were like, you know, you had the two main stooges, um, you know, Larry and, Larry and Mo. And then you had Shemp. Shemp. Curly. And then Curly, then and then Curly, Curly Joe. Joe Besser. Right. Curly yes. Joe Besser. And then, Shemp again. Oh, and then Joe Dorada. Yeah, Joe Dorada. Chip, did were you part of the the Stooges Con with um with Nick and Joe from the Found Footage Festival? Sean, do you know what the Found cool. Footage Festival? Oh yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So Nick and Joe, I believe you were with them. Yeah, I, I I met I wrote on a TV show with Nick and Joe a couple of years ago, and uh, they're the best. They're they're so hilarious. And there is a Three Stooges, an annual Three Stooges convention outside of Philadelphia every year. So they came down to see it and we went and you could just go and there's all these different, there's talks. And of course it's just at this point in our lives, it's literally, we went to a shimp Q and a, but it was with like <laughs> shimp's niece, you know, like, like that's the closest they could get, you know, to, right. to somebody who's still alive. So it was shimp's niece and you could go and like, they, they would show, there was a room where they would show like, you know, there was a big room where it was just, for three days straight, like I think 24 hours, just a loop of the movies. But then there was a smaller conference room that was literally just called the Shemp Room. And Shemp, when he, I guess, left the Stooges, went on to a solo career and made three Stooges types movies, but it was just him. And it was just Shemp movies on a loop all, all the time. And maybe my favorite thing I've ever <laughs> wow. seen. And, and actually there was one, me, Joe, and Nick walked into this one room where it was the the one from the 21st century, the one, the, the movie that they made, the three Stooges movie. Oh, from, sure. The, the Farrelly brothers make that. I, I think, think so. The Farrelly brothers. Yeah. yeah. So they, um, they had that movie and that was on a loop and we walked in and there was about four or five guys sitting in this small room watching it. But when we walked in, it was just the DVD menu. <laughs> on a loop over and over and they were just sitting there watching it. and we sat there for probably 10 minutes just to see how long it would take for and but they were just sitting there watching a loop so finally i think it was nick got up and just hit play to play the movie and um yeah it's highly recommended the uh the stooge con every year uh, wow so is of, a shemp solo movie just shemp like punching himself in the face like how do you do it is very sad yes it is oh. just he just gets into hijinks himself, and it's it's a very lonely existence. Oh, Sean, give me. We're all Bruce Campbell fans. What sure. else can you? What else did you enjoy seeing Bruce Campbell pop up in? Uh, well, the Adventures of Briscoe. I haven't seen it in a long time, but the Adventures of Briscoe County Junior was a series I remember watching on cable. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, you know, he's great. He, of course, Sam Raimi put him in Spider-Man. Yes. Uh, in this, I think he's, I don't know if he shows up in all three of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies, but he is. He definitely, he was in the, the latest where we're, all the Spider-Mans were in, right? Oh yeah, was one of that the, was uh, amazing. That was, he was like a street vendor, I believe. Yeah. At one of them, right? That was pretty Right, cool. and the, he gets cursed and yeah, yes. just like he, something bad always has to happen to Bruce Campbell physically. He has to be maimed or, or tortured in some way. That's just part of the deal. <laughs> Did either of you guys, this is probably the last show I like. You know, there's always those weird shows on USA Network growing up and like TBS, like basic cable where you're like, I guess I would watch that if nothing else was on. There was a show called Burn Notice. Mm -hmm. That was the late 2000s. So I think it went to like 2013 and it was awesome. Uh, <laughs> is Jeffrey Donovan um, was the actor and Gabriel Anwar. And he was a like a deep ops agent who got burned. His cover they disavowed knowing him. So he basically was this guy with like Jason Bourne abilities, but he had, he was no longer part of the, the system. So he would just take jobs as like a hired guy to like, you know, save someone's kidnapped daughter. Right. And then whenever now and then he needed help from a guy who was kind of his friend, but who wouldn't mind screwing him. Bruce Campbell was in the show. It <laughs> might be his most perfect cat for a non Ash character. It, was just like a tour de force of Bruce Campbell being Bruce Campbell. Everything from suave to cunning to like a complete degenerate alcoholic. And he's so, I, I can't recommend a show enough. And there's a lot of episodes. So if you ever want to watch a great show, just about like really cool, low key, it's not over the top in any sort of way. It's just called Burn Notice. And it was okay. on the USA Network. Nice. Jeff Lyons pick guys. I like All it. Right. And he I had was no also, idea Bruce Campbell was involved. So that oh, is he's a, so that's good, a good in it. Um, yeah. He was also in one episode of AP Bio. I don't know if you guys saw AP Bio on, oh, yeah. on Peacock. Well, that's one of my favorite, I think one of my favorite sitcoms of all time. It's such an underrated uh, underrated show. Glenn Howerton and Patton Oswalt and Paula Pell are in it. But right. he Bruce Campbell shows up in one of the episodes, and it's it's incredible. He was in Hudsucker Proxy. Oh, yeah. He oh was... yeah, Sam Sam Raimi and the Coens were friends too. Yep. They worked together. I think, in fact, Sam Raimi might have helped co-write the Hudsucker Proxy. Here's a question for you: One of my favorite Sam Raimi movies, Dark Dark Man. Oh yeah, was he in that? I don't know if he had a cameo in that. I don't recall him in it, but I haven't seen it in a long time. My main memory of Dark Man, which I also saw when I was too young to see, was uh, the guy. Is, I I can't think of the actor's name, but he was like Benny on L.A. Law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was. And the... He was. The scary bad guy yeah and he had a cigar cutter and he would oh, cut off people's fingers yes. with it and i was that was one of the creepiest things that stuck with me for the rest of my life i cannot think of dark man or cigars even without thinking of uh that little cigar cutter slicing off chip fingers. you have to Wait, if you haven't seen dark man I, liam, I Nielsen, liam neeson's first major movie and he's amazing in it Okay, wait, yeah. but but where do you hear this? Because I, I remember like my friends were big Darkman fans. I never saw it. 1990, Darkman. I just looked it up. So uh, Bruce Campbell is in it. His character is Final Shimp. There you go. See? Yeah. That's what it's. It's his wow. final shimp. So that uh, means according he to was IMDb. the last guy who was disguised and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. There's wow. a line in that movie where Darkman loses his S at a carnival. And he's trying to win a pink elephant. 
and it's one of the great that's all i'll tell you and it's okay. one of the greatest scenes of showing a guy lose his mind that's another hey guys it's just me giving these stone cold lock picks so you watch burn notice you revisit dark man like has he played not bruce campbell in a movie or a i mean TV show? You, you wouldn't want to see him not do that right because like the character ash is him like you couldn't yes. recast just like you couldn't recast the character of ash it just wouldn't work you couldn't make bruce campbell not be bruce campbell what if what if like some horrible mtv or something you know like mtv redid teen wolf but made it like a movie a moody teen series mm -hmm. like yeah. what if they hired some young hunky guy for like you know like young ash yeah zach efron is as ash it's just or, totally it's not happening it probably guys. will but now that we've said it it probably will <laughs> it, it, it will definitely oh. happen they'll make it Sean, we make every guest do this. It's your job to convince a millennial who's never seen Army of Darkness or Evil Dead. You have to elevator pitch them a reason why to see the movie. Basically, if you never watch the movie of Army of Darkness, you're never going to understand what Kmart is. Uh, you're never going to know what blue light specials are. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's a, that's a whole, that, that'll be my pitch. The Kmart angle of the framing device of army of darkness. I, when the movie started, I was just like a young person watching this wouldn't know what a blue light special was a young, uh, they wouldn't know what Kmart was. Uh, so maybe it's not the best pitch, but uh, I, I just think, no, but what I would really say is like, if you're tired of digital movies, that are trying to be funny and aren't actually funny where the jokes are just like, they fly now, they fly now. Uh, watch this movie and you will get to see what it was like to see physical effects and you will get to see uh, like a, a genre movie that's also committed to being funny at, like and successful, I think, at, at mm -hmm. everything it's trying to do. Well done, Great. well yep. done. Thanks. Chip, would you uh, would you recommend it also to the youth of today? As 100%, I'd recommend it to anybody, yes. There you go. I can't wait to rewatch it again just to pick up what I what I missed. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gents, you can find Sean on Twitter and of course on mastodon.onlineromania.uk, right? At I'm crushing the, it. The Thomason already crushing it there. You can <laughs> um you can go to Patreon, type in Ringheads or go to at @ringheads Twitter, follow that. You guys, you can go to Riff Tracks. You need a fun weekend. Let's say you had a crappy week. A lot of people having crappy weeks. You just want to sit there. Nothing I like better. It's like you're hanging with your friends, making fun of a movie. And you guys add so much breath to it that if you feel like as a novice, you want to riff along with the riff track guys, they leave you some time to do that. Yeah. I think it's wonderful. Well, thank you very much. And that's the feel that it's kind of going for is like just watching a movie with funny friends. Like, yeah, that's, that's the that's the vibe of the whole thing going back to Mystery Science Theater. And uh, we're just trying to keep that going. So thank you, you guys do a great job. It is so fun whenever one of those pops up. So uh, at Chip, where are you going to be? You had now Chip's always on the road. He's always out entertaining. We could find at Chip Chantry yep. on both Instagram, Twitter, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, next month, I'm going to be in Indianapolis. I'm going to be in St. Louis. I'm going to be Buffalo, New York. So uh, you can uh, check that out. Just yeah, follow me at Chip Chantry for those uh, for those deets. How about you, Jeffrey? Where can they find you? Uh, nowhere. I'd rather no one find me okay. anywhere. I'm Great. Just, uh, I'm Your prerogative, just, buddy. I'm literally just going to go lay down in a pile of leaves in my backyard for the next two weeks. And I think it's a great idea. 
what is he, what do you call it? decompose as a human just might just <laughs> yes. decompose mm -hmm. i think it's like hibern it. hibernation but the next level for winter yeah, yeah. it's like you right. guys might it's like a thing that older gentlemen do for the right. winter pre-hibernation pre pre two weeks of just laying in a pile of leaves mm -hmm. dogs peeing on your feet right <laughs> sean thank you so much for joining us man this was a lot of fun yeah thank you thanks Sean. thanks chip thanks chip right. i had a blast all right we'll talk to you guys soon